Hey you, yeah you, welcome back to the Teacher Recharge Podcast, it's your host Fred Kep. long time no talk, I got a new house, a new dog, but you know I got that same old swagger, let's get into it. Hello, Teacher Recharge listeners. Welcome back to another edition of the Teacher Recharge podcast. I haven't talked to you since mid-October, and I am super apologetic about that. Grad school came up and kicked my booty. I'm telling you right now, I had four weeks in a row where I stayed up past 5 a.m. just to get this podcast out on the Monday, and I just couldn't keep up any longer. With that said, I have a plan to come back once the school year starts again in August. I'm going to be coming back once a month until I get out of grad school, and then I'll probably go back to the once a week thing. But I will be bringing in fantastic guests. I am super committed to that, like the one I have today. I wanted to get one more episode in in season two. So I have a good friend, Jen Molitor, fantastic educator. She's been an educator for 19 years. Jen has enjoyed teaching in the classroom as a gifted intervention specialist and more recently as an instructional coach. Her recent Amazon is the number one new release, The Happy Teacher's Handbook share strategies for inspiring teachers to find a reason to stay and make their impact on the world. You are going to love this episode. Please, please, please drop a review. Let me know how you are doing. Email me, teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. I want to get the conversation started. But until then, enjoy the episode with Jen Molitor. Teacher Recharge listeners, welcome back to another edition of the Teacher Recharge podcast. I'm here today with a fantastic guest once again. Boom, 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 boom. I'm here with Jen Molitor. How in the heck are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. You're coming to us from where? Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. I am really happy to have you here. So big question before we get into a minute of madness. Why are you here? What do you even do? Well, I've been an educator for 19 years. uh, And I guess in about... Six to eight years in, I started getting really burnt out and thinking I need to do something else. I need to get out of teaching. And so I tried. (laughs) I took a year's leave from teaching. I got certified in nutritional therapy, um, was ready to take that leap and be like, oh, finally out of teaching. I can just walk away. And yet when it came down to it, I couldn't leave. Teaching's in our DNA. And I think there are things that can overwhelm us and bog us down and we get caught into the day-to-day ick. However, when we kind of stop and reflect and think about, okay, what, what is my purpose on this earth? Like mine is to be an educator, to like be in education, be in that world. And so I went full bore into education, started writing a book, the Happy Teacher's Handbook. And that's kind of like my journey of how I went from getting out of teaching altogether to embracing it 200% and being like, okay, bring this on. How can I be creative and like make my impact huge? You are an example of someone who got to the absolute depths of burnout, had to take some time off, and then that time off literally recharged you. And now you're on a show called The Teacher Recharge. It's a match made in heaven. Well, I'm really, really happy you're here. We're going to get a lot more into that later. But first, we have some really pressing questions coming up in the minute 
of madness. All right. Rapid fire questions. You're in the hot seat. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do this. Number one, what Netflix, Hulu, Prime, or other shows have you been watching during this quarantine? I've been been watching The Office. The Office? Ah, it's the best. I love The Office. Okay, number two, what is your favorite adult beverage? I'm so lame. Water. Water. Okay, that's fine. It is a, hey, that is the most adult beverage you can get, you know? Number three, if you could hang out with any celebrity for a day, who would it be and why? I love Jim Carrey. Yeah. He is so hilarious. I think we would have like the most fun, but then he's got this depth to him that is so insightful and profound. That would be an amazing day. Number four, what is your wrestling name? Okay. So a teacher actually has called me this before because I'm really excitable and ambitious and excited. Um, She said, my name should be Jen Curb Your Enthusiasm Molitor. Jen, curb your enthusiasm, I love it. It whirls off the tongue. That's great. Sweet. Well, you have survived the minute of madness. You're one of the only people ever to survive it. There's one question I really like to start every interview off with. Say it's Monday, which it is. What are you doing to start your week with? Do you have any rituals? Do you have anything that you just have to do before you go to school for the week? Yes. And actually my ritual I've been working on perfecting it, I guess, is a morning ritual. So I do it every single morning. I don't know if your listeners have read um, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Fantastic book. And the whole premise is that you set up your morning, you set up that foundation before you head off for the day. And so I've been implementing my kind of routine. And since I've been home, I've been actually adding to that and really kind of really tuning in and really getting more reflective in the morning. Um, So my morning routine is essentially I do um, a few minutes of silence. I'm either praying or visualizing or be, just being reflective sitting outside. So I'll incorporate that. I also have some affirmations that I read. Like one of them is love is at the center of what I do. And so it just kind of like re-anchors you before you start your day. The next thing I do is yoga. And I've been doing yoga every single day since August. So wow. I'm working on a year. And even if it's five minutes, like it's five minutes of yoga, it's better than nothing. And right now I'm getting to do a little bit more. And then the other thing is, well, there's two more things. One is reading something really inspiring, enlightening. And then the other one is journaling, uh, writing about whatever. You, right now I'm really liking to re- like listen to a podcast or listen to something, read something, and then write about it to really um, take advantage of that time and that inspiration that I get. That's a lot of, uh, of stuff. So how long does all of that stuff take as far as like timing goes? When do you get up? So right now I'm getting up, I don't know, like 6.45 or 7, which is not yeah. really early. I mean, I guess for quarantine, maybe it's early, but yeah, <laughs> perspective. But so what I want to do, I've added in some of those things now so that I can incorporate that once the school year starts again and really set my day off strong. Um, back in August, when I started doing yoga, I make sure I wake up kind of an hour ahead of time to, to get in yoga. And I also make juice in the morning. <laughs> so that's yep. like 15 minutes. So I do these things and I, Fresh I, juice? And I yeah. Wow. You have a juicer. That's so cool. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that off mic, but whatever. Okay, sweet. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got all these routines built in so that I can set that foundation for inspiration, inspiration and some like peace and resiliency throughout the day. Um, and what I've done in my planner is I wrote down, like, I just started with two or three keystone habits, what I really wanted to implement. 
And I just have a little check that I can track Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the first one was yoga. Like, did I do yoga? And so I could just put a little check. And it's so satisfying to see like, oh, look, I did yoga four times. Um, however, when I started in August, my goal is just like, you don't do it every day. And there's my check. I can keep track of it. And it's stuck. And so now I'm even doing, so you can start with yoga like for five minutes or sit in silence for 60 seconds. You have time for 60 seconds, you know? And then you just build on that as your, you know, your commitment grows and you're seeing the benefits of all of that. Right. So when school starts, there is another book called The Five O'Clock Club. And I just learned about that today. And it's the whole premise of getting up at 5 a.m., which I have not committed to yet. Yeah. Um, that one, it, it's, it's all the scientific research about why you should get up and spend that time being creative and inspired and in silence before you start your day. So anyway, there's more coming around that, but that's kind of how I've been building my day. That's awesome. So I, I mentioned to you before we started the interview that I'm in grad school right now. One of my assignments for one of my sports psychology classes was a mindfulness assignment that lasted six weeks. And ev- at least three times a week, we had to meditate for five to 10 minutes at least. And I was able to do that. It took some intense. I, I, this was back when the, the quarantine wasn't in full swing yet and stuff. So my schedule was kind of insane. But I will say just taking five to 10 minutes out of your day, there's tons of apps out there as well to help with that to kind of just be in the present, be right there, right then, and just be grateful, practice gratitude. It shapes my day. I, I haven't stopped doing it. Like I keep doing it even even now. And it's been shown to actually increase performance. And I yes, I'm getting a sports psychology master's degree, blah, blah, blah. But we look at it from a holistic standpoint. So this stuff can help with everyone's performance, teachers, you know, athletes, I mean, even business people. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And, and to have the discipline to do that every single day, how do you get that discipline? It was just over time, just adding a little every time. How how did that happen? I think for me, the visual was really important seeing my progress and having Mm -hmm. that little thing on my to-do list. If you write something down, at least for me, that's more apt to stick. And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to do yoga every day. And the year before I got really sick for three weeks, I missed school. And the doctor was like, you're stressed. Like you were not allowed to go back to school until you just chill out and like sit on the couch for two more weeks. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of vowed like, you know what? I am going to take charge of my peace of mind and my health and being able to be resilient and cope with stress. And yeah. so I thought yoga has been so great for me. That was kind of the one thing I was you know, holding on to, like that would really benefit me. Mm-hmm. So something that I had to believe in first that I kind of knew how to do already and then start small. So if I could just do five minutes of yoga, maybe three poses, something super easy in the morning, just before, you know, I get on with my day, uh, that would be incredible. And so now I start tracking the minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'll write down 45 minutes or 60 minutes. Cause I have that oh, kind okay. of luxury right now, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's how, and okay. I think now that I keep learning about things, how important it is to do in the morning first thing that is just kind of kind of laying on me now and so I've incorporated more and more things but I have to really buy in and then commit Mm -hmm. and then uh Robin Sharma I think he says it's it takes 66 days for a new habit to be rewired in your Mm -hmm. brain so you've got it like if you can commit to 66 days you got a good chance Okay. And hopefully listeners can kind of take from that. Next question. What is something that you do that other teachers might not do that maybe other teachers, maybe our listeners could learn from? One thing I do is I don't have students every single day. I'm a gifted Mm -hmm. intervention specialist. 
is an instructional coach. So I work with groups of kids maybe once a week. So when I see my kids, I really want to connect with them. And I spend a good amount of time really connecting to their person, to them as Mm -hmm. humans. So it's not just high fives and shakes and, hey, how are you? Do you have a great weekend? Okay, guys, come and sit down. We're going to start with our you know morning warm-up. It's something I call an opener. It's on my website. I like share this as much as I can with, with teachers because I feel so passionate about bringing this connection back to students, back to school. And so one of the first questions I ask my students is, what are you bringing with you today? And it's not your pencil and your backpack, but it's like, what are you bringing with you that I can't see and that you right. want to share about? And so kids share, you know, I'm bringing with me tiredness because I didn't sleep well last night or hunger. And I'm like, hunger, did you have breakfast? No. And then right away I'm addressing that like, okay, here, go grab a bag of chips or pretzels or whatever I've got in my drawer. Some are bringing with them the fight that their parents had that morning or their dog ran away. And it's just these things that like, we all just kind of sing, oh my goodness. And we can empathize and we can just be with that, that student. And sometimes it's joy. Like I've got a lot of kids that bring joy with them and you're like, yeah, you're bringing joy again. But that's just something that helps us all be on the same page. And if we notice that this kid is bringing with them that his dog ran away, we can just be sensitive to that kid and say, hey, do you want, like I've had kids that say, do you want me to make posters and put them up around my neighborhood? And we just kind of start problem solving. So I have a few other questions like that. One is actually asking the kids to visualize a little bit, like Mm -hmm. just sit with yourself and visualize how you want your day to go today. Mm -hmm. And so those are different questions that I don't think were taught in teacher training school or even in PDs, but it's something that I I really value. And I do this with staff too. You know, I want to know when we're in meetings, I want to know what they're bringing with them. I'm just finishing up my administrative internship and I'm leading a mastermind on Friday. And that's how I'm going to open my mastermind with school leaders is what are you bringing with you today? And kind of let that set the stage for our discussion. Wow. I love that because we don't take enough time just in general, like as teachers or coaches, especially coaches, I will say the majority of coaches out there don't take the time. And it's not a crazy amount of time that you need to take to just build a relationship, actually know the kids. The amount of times I've gotten an email from an administrator or a call from a a teacher saying, hey, this kid is being a problem. He's doing this. He's doing And then I go to that kid and say, hey, why? Why did I get this? And then I hear this crazy story that all the teacher would have had to do is ask that same question. I mean, that is such a big idea to take in. And I really appreciate you bringing that. Well, we are going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back with some story time. Hey everyone, are you having trouble engaging your students or maybe even your own teenager at home during this quarantine? Well, I have a resource for you. It's a podcast called Lily's List. It is hosted by one of the youths themselves. <laughs> And it recommends young adult books and has more than 25 episodes right now. It's a great way to discover good books, and it's just another way for your teenager or students to spend their time in a positive and beneficial way. All right, it's called Lily's List. You can listen to it and tune in anywhere podcasts are found. Back to the show. back on the episode with Jen Molitor. It's my favorite part of the week, my favorite time of the decade. It is story time. 
This is the part of the show where I shut up, let the guests talk, and just say whatever story they want to say. It could be sad. It could be happy. It could be downright flipping depressing. That's not up to me to decide, but it is up to Jen. Jen, you have the floor. Story time. Okay. Here's a good one. So this kind of captures a little bit of my teaching journey and how I got into where I am today. I don't know. It was probably 10 years into teaching and I was teaching second grade. I had a really difficult kid. This is a kid that the principal came by and just kind of gave us a heads up and said she didn't want to share his file with us because she didn't want us to have any preconceived notions. She wanted him to have a fresh start. And she just wanted to know, let us know that she was available if we needed her. I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. So this kid, kid I'm going to call him Michael. He was the kind of kid who would trip other kids at perf- on purpose. He'd throw pencils and then sit really quietly so that no one would know who did it. He peed his pants on purpose on the carpet when I was doing a read aloud. He would play sniper at recess. He wore a black hooded sweatshirt and literally looked like he was hunting kids down on recess. If you watch the, the assistant principal showed us footage from the security cameras at recess and it was disturbing at best. So we dealt with him all all year long, refusing to work. Just He seemed just so malicious and it was hard to like this kid, let alone love this kid. I would go home and I would tell my husband stories like, oh, here's what Michael did today. Can you believe it? I would call my teaching partner and like, can you believe what he did this afternoon? We were tracking behavior. We were calling his mom. It, it just, it was so much. And it took away for sure from my joy of teaching, took away from the other students. And I thought, my son is going to go to this school. Do I really want him to go here with this, this child who is um, so aggressive and malicious to others? And so I spent a lot of time in a bad space about that. And I was this teacher who I didn't want to ever be complaining and venting and just frustrated. And at one point, my, you know, my husband was like, why don't you talk about something else? And I was kind of like, you know, whatever, you don't want to hear about my, my bad day. And I, I just, I started feeling uncomfortable about things. And so I decided to sit with that uncomfortable feeling for a little bit. You know, most of us want to like zone out and run away from that. And I thought, you know, I'm tired of doing that. I'm going to sit with it. And the voice kind of started, my voice of reasoning started piping in. And it's, it's like, you know, you've been working at odds with this kid for a while and you've been unhappy and things aren't going well. And why do you think that is? So I just started journaling and reflecting about it and realized I, I wasn't really reaching out. I wasn't loving him unconditionally. I wasn't checking in on him. I was trying to manage his behavior and not really connecting with him. And so I thought, well, how about I connect with him and love him and, and see what happens and try really hard. And so I, I shifted a little bit in my perspective. Instead of thinking that it was overwhelming and, and look what happened to me and my class is so hard, I started trying to figure out how I could help him really authentically. And so I would walk by his desk, not to catch him doing something, but to check in and touch his shoulder and say, hey, how's it going for you this morning? And, you know, in the beginning, he would just give me some smart answer and, you know, be ridiculous. But I kept at it. And I wasn't really sure that things were working. Not much was changing. And I thought, well, I'm just, I'm going to keep with this. I'm going to keep trying to connect with his heart and see if that can be our starting place versus academics and managing behavior. So there was a day that I came in in the afternoon and I was walking down the hallway and, and I had my students running at me in the hallway, Mrs. Mahler, Mrs. Mahler, Michael, Michael yelled at the teacher. He escaped. We can't find him. And I was like, whoa, 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 where should you guys be? 
So I sent them, they were supposed to be in a, a class across the hall. The classroom had been evacuated because the, um, Michael had lost control and there was a sub in the morning. So I go and I was like, okay, I'm going to go put my stuff down. I'll see if I can find him and then go you know, find the principal, which is supposedly where the sub had gone. So I walked into my classroom, set my stuff down. And as I stopped for a second to turn around, I heard sniffling. And there, you know, there's nobody in the classroom supposedly, but now I was wondering maybe if, if Michael was here. And so I said, Michael, are you in here? It's Mrs. Molitor. It's okay. You're safe. No, no one is in here. And I heard sniffling and I'm kind of looking at, like, I can't see any child. So I walked around the corner and at the bottom of the bookshelf, there he is huddled in a ball on the bottom shelf. I, I never knew that he had the capacity to cry. He had this tough exterior, like, um, just crazy he seemed crazy and mad. For example, one morning he came in in school with a white t-shirt and he had written the word killer with a black Sharpie across the front of his shirt. This kid was tough to crack, right? Tough to even connect with and relate to. So here is this kid lying on the bottom of the shelf. And so I knelt down on the ground and I just said, Hey, Michael, buddy, it's okay. You can come out. And he kind of looked out from under his arm and, and, and kind of peeked at me. And he crawled over to me and just kind of crumpled in my lap. This kid has never, <laughs> never reached out in a way to even need comfort from a teacher. It's always been, you know, I'm bigger and badder than everyone else. And so I, I just kind of patted him on the back. I said, buddy, it's okay. Do you want to tell me what happened? And he's sobbing. Like he feels broken and hurt. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So I kind of got him to step to stand up and we walked in the hallway and he, he was just really trying to regain composure. And I think for him to be this vulnerable in front of someone was powerful and huge. So the principal came by and she's like, you know, stomping down the hallway, like I'm going to get him. And I just kind of held up my finger, like, just, just give me one more, one more moment with him. And I just kind of looked at her and gave her this, just this look of like, listen, this is there's something deep going on right now. So I gave him a hug and I, I kind of knelt down and I said, Hey, I'm going to give you, you know, you're going to go with the principal and I want you just to sit there for a little bit and I'm going to come back and check on you. And I just want you to know that you're okay and that we're going to figure this out. And I'm not mad at you right now. I just want to let you know that I, that, that you matter. I see you and I will be back to check on you. From that moment, I realized that I think what I was doing was working. He felt he was still misbehaving, but he felt something, something, something close enough that he could cry in front of me and, and, and expose that vulnerability. And so from then on, our relationship was different. He still mis- was misbehaving, but something definitely had shifted and, and something shifted inside me too. And I realized that I had let myself be the victim of all this. I had let myself think that my day was so bad. My life was going wrong, you know, and in, instead I needed to really check in and see how things were going for him. And so that, that shifted the rest of my trajectory of teaching, just realized that while, you know, I might not have turned him around all the way and made him this hundred percent behaving kid. I realized that he was really a discouraged child and that I didn't know the whole story. I guess I just, my, my point in that is I think sometimes we get wrapped up in our feelings and how it's happening to us. I think teachers do that a lot, like, oh, more mandates and more testing and the, the principal did this. And I think we just need to shift a little bit and find a new perspective that how can we reach out? How can we extend? How can we go beyond that? I'm the victim and it's happening to me. How can we reach out and, and really serve others from a heart place? 
instead of a victim place. That's a deep story. That's awesome. There's this idea in performance psychology that we have to watch where our self-identity is, right? So we have to, if you're a teacher and you take that on as your identity, then a kid like that is going to frustrate you, right? It's going, he's going to say, well, I'm a teacher, which means I have to be perfect and all of my kids have to act a certain way uh, because if they don't, it's a direct reflection of who I am and what I do and how I am and I, 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 right? But if we take that self-identity and we look at it and say, hey, I need to be a genuine person first. I need to be a person first and then a teacher second. That's just part of me. Then a relationship like that starts to blood. And I think that's a great example of what just happened in that story is you kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, not, I'm definitely not trying to, to do that mansplaining thing here, I promise. But what I'm taking from it is that you kind of said, okay, well, you kind of took a second and realized, hey, maybe if I actually just try and connect with this kid and actually care about him instead of trying to be the teacher, maybe it'll work. And obviously you said it didn't work like as far as his behavior, he's still going to be him, right? You can't really change that, but at least you're offering support. At least you're there for him in those moments like you were there for him in, which I think that is just such a beautiful story. Did I understand that right though? Yeah. Okay. And I think there's this unconditional piece, you know, Mm -hmm. like if kids are behaving, like our day is going well and we're, we're effective and it's working. And if they're misbehaving, like we, we get derailed. Mm -hmm. And there was this, just this essence of, even though he hadn't turned around and he was still throwing things and maybe tripping students, I still had to love him because he was just discouraged. There's something underlying there that I, I didn't know, you know? He's another human being. And you got to love other human beings. You just got, you just gotta. Well, I appreciate you talking about that fantastic story, sharing it with the listeners here. It is about time to go. So I got two things. First off, do you have any plugs, anything you want the, the listeners to know, any way they can reach you or follow your stuff? Yeah, um, I write about my story in the Happy Teacher's Handbook. You can check that out on Amazon. And that audiobook is actually going to be released here soon, which I... I kind of am fond of audiobooks because I can yes. consume them. Yes, queen. Um, and then uh, Teacher Renegade on Twitter. I love to connect and just expand my network. Love working with schools and teachers and coaches. If Gosh, I'd love to hear your story. If anyone wants to reach out, my email is liftupleaders at gmail.com. All righty. Once again, thank you for, for coming on today, taking some time. The final thing I'm going to ask you for is the challenge for the week. Uh, I like to give the listeners one thing to go into the week with to kind of maybe throw into their teaching or maybe into their lifestyle. So what would you like to challenge our listeners to do for this upcoming week? What is one thing that you can implement to your morning routine that will set you up for a more resilient day? Awesome. One thing. It can be 30 seconds. One thing. All right. Add that one thing. Let me know how it goes. Teacher Recharge on Twitter and Instagram. You can email me at teacherrecharge.podcast at gmail.com. This has been a fantastic interview. Thank you, Jen Molitor, for coming on. We appreciate it. And remember, everyone out there, I love you, and there is not a damn thing you could do about it. Have a great one. Bye.